Let us be attentive. O Lord, how magnificent are your works. You have made all things in wisdom. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, be watchful, stand firm in your faith, be courageous, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Now, brethren, you know that the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Achaia, and they have devoted themselves to the service of the saints. I urge you to be subject to such men and to every fellow worker and laborer. I rejoice at the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus because they have made up for your absence, for they refreshed my spirit as well as yours. Give recognition to such men. The churches of Asia, of Asia send greetings, Achilla and Prisca, together with the church in their house, send you hearty greetings in the Lord. All the brethren send greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. If anyone has no love for the Lord, let him be accursed. Our Lord, come. And the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. May love be with you all. In Christ Jesus, Amen. Peace be with you, the reader. Arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to Saint Matthew. Let us be attentive. said this parable, there was a householder who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it and dug a winepress in it and built a tower and let it out to tenants and went into another country. When the season of fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. And the tenants took his servants and beat one killed another, and stoned another. Again he sent other servants more than the first, and they did the same to them. Afterward he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, 
This is the heir, come let us kill him and have his inheritance. And they took him and cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. When therefore the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and let out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the fruits in their seasons. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the very stone which the builders rejected has become the head of the corner? This was the Lord's doing. And it was marvelous in our eyes. Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel. Good morning. Uh, we're very happy to have with us today a couple of visiting priests, uh, Father Stephen Powley, the Executive Director of the Orthodox Christian Prison Ministry in our uh, great land of America, Pan-Orthodox Ministry at that, a beautiful priest I've known for many years from the metropolis of Denver, and he's with us. They had some board meetings this weekend, and so he's with us together with my brother-in-law, Father George, but I asked Father Stephen to deliver a message this morning for the homily with his beautiful experience as a chaplain in the prison system of our land. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I'll start with a little test for you. What would you do if, say, not this Sunday, because we've already started, but next Sunday, if a well-known prostitute from our community here in Minneapolis walked into the church, dressed as they would dress, what would you do? What would be your response besides, oh my gosh, well, if you think about the saints that we have in the church, one of the greatest saints we have is who? St. Mary of Egypt. And what was she before she became a saint? She was a prostitute. And we are filled with saints who are murderers and robbers. St. Moses of Ethiopia comes to mind. And we have saints who were perhaps the least desirable people at some point. But I tell you what, you know, God is able to look at people and see them not as they are, but as they could become if they embrace the holy orthodox faith. And I think that's how he wants us to see each other and whoever happens to walk in through the doors of this church, because this is a hospital not a country club. It's a hospital. It's where people come to be healed of their wounds and the tragedy of their lives sometimes. Well, in my own life, I, I became a, a prison chaplain, a federal prison chaplain, and I served uh, in Colorado, uh, Arizona, and Colorado. 
Colorado. I, I moved up there in 1994 uh, to open up what was to become the most maximum secure prison in the United States of America. And I was warned beforehand that it would be an ugly place, filled with the worst of the worst of the worst men that the prison system had to offer. They were putting them all in one place where they could contain them. And God began to show me that he could see people in ways that I couldn't see them. One, I'll share a few stories with you that, that came about, miraculous things that, that God did. I was invited to be a priest uh, over in Greece uh, at uh, uh, the Ionian village, and I was there, uh, and we went into the monastery of Osios Lukas. Have you ever been there? Spectacular monastery. Well, we had a couple hundred young people with us who were making quite a lot of noise. We were going to do Vespers that evening. And there was a break where I could leave for a little bit while they did the bookstore and, and looked around. And so I went into their small chapel, and I, I, I just prostrated myself before the royal doors, like here, and, and I just began to pray. And when I looked up, there was a face of a man African-American man that had never expressed an interest in the Orthodox faith. But his face was as clear as anything, right there in the royal doors, looking back at me. And I said, Lord, why? and I even said his name, why am I seeing so-and-so? And of course, there was no response from God. And so I ended up finishing there in Greece and went back to Colorado and it took me a couple weeks to work up the nerve to even talk to this guy about it. And finally, I said one day, I said, can I talk to you about something that happened to me in Greece? And I told him what had happened. And his eyes got big. And he said, why me? I said, I have no idea why you. But I said, I brought back some literature about Osios Lucas, Blessed Luke. And I said, I would love for you to be able to, to, to look at that and, and see it. He said, I want to. Well... To make a long story really short, I had the privilege of baptizing him into the Orthodox faith, and he took his name as Lucas for his baptism. God had reached out and snagged that person and drew him into his kingdom, and I had very little to do with it other than sharing what God had done. Another time in that prison, just to show you that it's not just God, but it's his saints as well caring for these people. Uh, it was getting close to Great Lent. Some of the men that were there in prison had, had been praying and talking about Great Lent's coming. And in the prison, in this particular prison, men would get on the phone. In other words, they would blow the air by taking a roll of toilet paper out of their shower drain. They would blow the air out of the drain, and then they could talk to each other through the drain to all those cells on their range. Well, two of the men were talking about Great Lent's coming. We're so excited. This is our chance to fast. And they started talking about all the things that they had seen that God had done in their lives during Great Lent. And there was a man listening who, again, had expressed no interest whatsoever in orthodoxy. Nothing. And he was listening in, you know, eavesdropping in on the conversation in, in their showers there. It was funny. Sometimes I'd be making rounds. People would, guy would be on his hands and knees in the shower. And he'd look up and he'd go, oh, Father, just a second. He'd go, hey. Father's here. I got to get off the line. And they, they used it as their phone. But so this man decided he would fast. 
But he knew nothing about how Orthodox fast, and so he just quit eating everything and drinking everything. He thought, this is what fasting means. And so three days went by, three full days of eating nothing, drinking nothing in his cell. And at the end of that time uh, of three days, he went to bed that evening. The middle of the night, he told me later, middle of the night, he said he woke up and there standing before his, his bed was his words, a bright, white, shining lady. He used the word lady. And he said, and she had a baby in her arms. And she looked at me and she called me by name and she held out her baby. And she said, take my baby. And this big thug of a guy, he said, I got so scared, I threw the covers over my head and looked into the wall and when I peeked out, she was gone. Well, he continued this the next day. The next night, the same exact thing happened, middle of the night, boom, there's this bright, shining white lady standing right in front of him, saying his name and then take my baby. The next night, the same exact thing happened. Three nights in a row. I thought, that's very orthodox, three, three in a row. I made my rounds the next day. One of the orthodox men I went to visit, who we had baptized in that prison, he, he said, you got to go see so-and-so. He's tripping out up there. Something's going on with this guy. And so I went to see him, and he told me this whole story. And he said, what do you think it means? And I said, well, it sounds to me like the mother of God is telling you to take her son, Jesus Christ. And he said, I thought it might be something like that. And I said, but you know what? I've got somebody much more wiser than, than I am coming on his pastoral visit here. I said, my bishop is coming. And I said, he will explain it all to you. And so I told him about Metropolitan Isaiah, and he would come twice a year to the prison to visit all the men who had become Orthodox uh, or were catechumens. And twice a year he would come. And so he came on his pastoral visit just a few days later, and I told him about this man, and he said, let's go see him first. And so we're at his cell front. Metropolitan Isaiah asks the man to tell him his story. He tells the whole story again. And I'm, I'm leaning in, ready to hear the, these words of wisdom drip off my bishop's lips. And he pauses, and he's there for a minute, and then he turns to me and he goes, baptize him. I said, your eminence, he's, he's not even a catechumen. He doesn't know anything about orthodoxy. He goes, God has spoken. When God does something like this, we baptize and then we catechize. And amazing. I looked at the man, I said, do you want to be baptized in the orthodox faith? He goes, yeah, yeah, I do. And so we baptized him. And it, took, it always takes a little while in prison to arrange such things. And then we began his catechism. And one of my first lessons was on how Orthodox really truly fast, but he, he caught on. But I share these stories with you to, to say that we have the opportunity, if God loves the unlovely, so to speak, of our society, and the Holy Theotokos loves the unlovely of our society, and sees them in a different way, sees what they could become, that we have that same opportunity as Orthodox Christians, whoever we run into. We have that opportunity to see them as they could become 
if they would embrace this wonderful, beautiful faith of ours. One last story. I, I promised Father I wouldn't go an hour today. So uh, one last story for you. Uh, a man at the Supermax prison was getting out, uh, African-American man. We set him up with a church in a big city. Uh, this was a man that when I first met him, he would just cuss me out and just yell and scream at me all the time. Well, he had embraced the Orthodox faith. He went to a, a, a city and we set him up with a, a, a Greek church there. And they called me about six months later. And uh, the church school director called and said, we love this man. We've, we've had him speaking to our youth. Father has him serving in the altar. We love him. So they put him on the phone with me. I'm sitting in my office in the Supermax prison. And, and he says, Father, he goes, honestly, there's no place for me to hide here. He goes, I'm the only black man in this church. I walk in and everybody knows I'm here. He goes, there's no place for me to hide. But then he went on to say, he said, these people trust me. And in my mind, I was thinking, sure, sure, they trust you. He goes, no, no, you don't understand. He said, the Philoptos were having their meeting downstairs. And I was, they hired him to be kind of the, the janitor, the uh, jack of all trades at their church so that he would have a living. And he said, I was bussing tables, and all the ladies went upstairs to pray. And he said, I looked around, and he said, every single lady had left her purse on the table. He said, Father, they trust me. They trust me. Well, this story goes on to an amazing, it's still going on. The church said, young man, you need to go to school. We're going to help you go to college. And so he agreed. They sent him to a junior college. He did so well that a university offered him a scholarship to come. He could barely speak English when I knew him in the prison. He spoke Rastafari when I, when I first met him. He got his degree. I got an invitation saying he's getting a bachelor's degree. And you'll never guess what his major was. He went into criminal justice. Criminal justice. A man from the supermax prison. The church said, we're not done with you, young man. You need to get a master's degree. Two years later, I got an invitation to his graduation. I received a picture of him with two judges on each side of him and him in his cap and gown getting his master's degree in criminal justice. Now, when you commit a federal crime, you're not allowed to have a federal job after that. God works in mysterious ways. This man is now a federal probation officer. And they actually, in 2013, they flew him to the White House to explain to the Committee on Paroles and Probations why his program was the most successful program in the United States. There is a success story for you. The church didn't see this man as he was when he walked in the door. The church, the ladies of Philoptos, the priest, all the people in the church saw him as he could become. May each of us have that heart to see people not as they are, but as they could become if they embrace the Holy Orthodox faith. May God bless you. Thank you for allowing me to share today with you. Your Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.